Well, good morning. How's everybody? Good. It's so good to see you. We are in our final week, this fourth week of our series called In Rhythm. It's been a lot of fun. Ultimately, we have not been talking about you need, needing to be in rhythm so that you can clap on time. Good for you if you can. It doesn't really matter if you have moves like Jagger or not. Maybe you do. Our hope, our aim, our purpose is to help all of us to get in step, to get in rhythm in following the example of Jesus. We are completely, totally, fully focused on Jesus at Holland Chapel, and we want you to be fully focused on Jesus. We want you to know him. We want you to understand who he is and what he did. We want you to place your faith in him. We want you to begin to look like him. And so we've been talking about some just very practical, simple, but huge ways that you can get in step, in rhythm with Jesus, and start to look more like him. We are trying to help everyone find and follow Jesus. And we hope that this month of uh, teaching and time has been beneficial in that. And so we've been encouraging you in some rhythms. In particular, we've been encouraging you to get in the rhythm of getting in the Word. And so I just want to celebrate for a few moments how God's been uh, working in your lives, in our church, to help people to get into the Word of God. One of the ideas we gave you in getting in the Word, uh, among many, was to write the Word of God. And we kind of gave you a sticky note challenge. Well, I got back from a trip, and uh, this is what I found on my office door. Uh, I got just plastered. Uh, I'm not sure who all is responsible for writing all these verses down. Uh, There's a lot of different handwriting, um, but thank you to whoever did that. It's just word after word after word from the Lord. And God just allowing them to have the courage to write those things down, slap them on my door, and I'm just reading them, and God's speaking to me through it. And so thank you to whoever did that. It was just really a neat, uh, a neat treat. Um, then our HC group that we're a part of, which I think is the best. You can think that yours is too. Uh, but anyway, we kind of started sharing them among us, and uh, some, some verses have been shared over and over. Uh, a lot of verses have been shared. Anyway, this one on the left, maybe you can see it. It comes from John chapter 21, verse 12. At the bottom, we kind of have a, a theme of what kind of food we're going to eat. And this particular week, we were going to have breakfast night for our HC group. And so Chad posted John 21, 12. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. So we had a little fun with it too, right? Just had a little fun with it. But so many other words that were written down that are from the Lord just to encourage one another, to give us hope and to give us peace and so many other things. And then another picture coming up here. Um, we're just going to leave it anonymous, but uh, one of our pastors received a text with this verse, and it's 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 1. You probably can't see it very clearly, but I'll read it for you. It says, because we have promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And I, I just, I can't really explain to you without telling you the whole story, and I really can't tell you the whole story this morning, how big it was for that pastor to get that, per, that verse from that person and what God's doing in and through their life and the life of others and how much that verse meant to them. And God's just working and God's just moving. And so we encourage you to get in this rhythm of getting in the Word of God so that when you open your Bible or you open it in an app, and we gave you some apps to look at, just knowing you're hearing from the Lord and allowing Him to encourage you and to strengthen you and to guide you. We also encourage you to get into the rhythm of prayer and so to get in 
prayer. And last week, we were encouraged to pray big prayers. You remember that? Todd preaching encouraged us to pray big prayers. And so right here last week, we prayed a very big prayer. Um, we had a little guy named Zane who's a part of our church, and we prayed for him. On Monday morning, he had both of his kidneys removed. And we prayed for God just to see him through that surgery and for him to be well. Zane came home from the hospital on Thursday, I believe. He's at home now doing incredibly well, healing up, walking around, uh, living life. Obviously still, you know, got his struggles and whatnot. But we prayed a big prayer and God heard our prayer. So would you continue to pray big for Zane? And for Zane's dad, Kirk, because soon Zane is going to get a kidney from his dad, Kirk, when everything's ready and the doctors feel like everything's ready. So continue to pray, pray big prayers, and we praise God for answering that prayer for Zane, and would you continue to pray for him. So God's just been working, and God's been moving, and I'm sure that you've got stories about how God's been working in your life. Have you, you've just been getting in the Word and getting in rhythm of prayer, and he's been hearing you. Well, today... We want to talk about giving. We want to talk about generosity. We want to talk about getting into a rhythm, a regular rhythm of generosity. So as we think about generosity, think about it this way. Can you imagine for just a moment life with no generosity? Think about what that means for just a moment. That means no birthday gifts. That kind of stinks, doesn't it? That means no Christmas gifts. Can you imagine Christmas without gifts? That means no surprise gifts. That means no retirement gifts. That means no white elephant gifts. I mean, think about this, people. Life is getting bland, boring, and unexciting in a hurry if you think about life without gifts. I don't like the idea. Well, this past weekend, uh, the last couple days, we took a quick trip away. It was my wife's birthday, Terry. She's 23. Can you believe it? She's 23. It's awesome. And uh, we went away uh, as a family to kind of celebrate her a little bit. And uh, while we were away, um, we were having dinner. It wasn't her birthday dinner, but we were together, and we were having uh, dinner together, and our kids were enjoying the meal, and it was good, and pretty much just really neat conversation going on and uh, some laughs and whatnot. And anyway, um, we're rocking along, and uh, we're about to leave dinner and go through this uh, pumpkin walk at night. And so everything's kind of lit up, pretty cool. And uh, my 10-year-old son, Ryan, uh, he had seen uh, these glow sticks that were kind of floating around, and he was telling everybody at dinner that he was convinced that he felt like they were going to be giving those away, that when we got out of dinner, they're going to give us free glow sticks, Okay. So anyway, we're rocking along, and I make the comment to my son, son, you can feel like they're going to be free, like you can feel like this dinner's going to be free, but we're going to have to pay for this meal. All right, so made that comment and kind of, you know, destroyed him. Anyway, a couple moments later, our um, uh, lady that was taking care of us comes by, and I said, hey, can we get our check, please? And she said, uh, oh, yours is taken care of. And I said, excuse me? She said, yeah, there was a family that paid for your meal. You don't have to pay for your meal. And I was like, do what? She said, yeah. And she said, they just said they wanted to remain anonymous. And listen, we're out of town. I don't think there's anybody in the restaurant that we knew. I mean, like, it wasn't, it wasn't like you were in town. and some, I have no idea who paid for our meal. I have no idea. And she said, just to tell you that they think that you have a very sweet family. And I thought, wow, they only got a small portion of us. So that's great. We were doing really, really well. My 10-year-old caught it. 
Are y'all tracking? He said, hey, Dad. Does it feel like our meal's going to be free? You can't make that up, right? Sometimes generosity is stunning, isn't it? Sometimes a gift is given or a generosity is put forth, and you're just like, whoa, where did that come from? What was that? I have no idea who paid for our meal. I have no idea why they paid for our meal. But it was just a cool, cool moment of watching and experiencing, literally being on the receiving end of generosity. Well, let's look at Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 as we talk about generosity this morning and getting into a rhythm of generosity, okay? Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. And to begin with, we're only going to put the first word of this verse on there. We're going to finish the verse, but in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus is teaching. And again, Jesus is everything to us here, right? Like we, we say that he is God. We say that he is our Lord. We say that he is our Savior. We say that he calls the shots. We say that he's the one that paid for our sins. And so we look to him for everything. So when Jesus teaches, we just kind of listen that much more. And so Jesus is teaching in Luke chapter 6, and in verse number 38, he just simply says, give. And again, we're going to finish the verse, but we could put a period there if we wanted to, and it's enough. Jesus says to his followers, give. Give. This incredible, beautiful word that we actually do love. We don't loathe it. We love it. We love the idea of giving. We love the idea of gifts. We love the idea of giving gifts. We love the idea of receiving gifts. We love the idea of generosity. It makes life beautiful and exciting and, 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 and just absolutely glorious. And so Jesus says, give. Well, there's a reason why Jesus could make this statement and do this teaching. Because ultimately, Jesus is the giver and the gift. And I'll word it this way. He is the ultimate gift, and he is the ultimate giver. It is one thing to give the ultimate gift. It is one thing to be the giver of the ultimate gift. But that's who Jesus is. He's the ultimate gift, and he is the ultimate giver. And so he's not just saying something. He has been showing it, and he continues to show that he is the ultimate gift and that he is the ultimate giver. If you look back through the Gospel of Luke, up before chapter 6 and verse 38, you're going to see Jesus doing some incredibly generous things. You're going to see him uh, in Capernaum healing a demon-possessed man. You're going to see him at Peter's house um, healing his mom um, who had fever. You're going to see him continuing at Peter's house, laboring into the night, taking care of people with disease, healing them, touching them, and people who were wrestling with and dealing with demons. You go through on the book of Luke and you see him healing a leper. You see him healing a lame man. You see him healing a man that had a withered hand and God making it whole. Teaching the multitudes and in doing all of this, calling 12 guys to literally leave the vocations that they had known their entire lives and create a whole new path for them of following him daily and becoming his daily followers. And oh yeah, don't forget this one. In all of that, he has left heaven, which is perfection, to live among people like you and I. Jesus is the ultimate gift and the ultimate giver. Help me out just a little bit if you're familiar 
Again, Jesus being this ultimate gift and this ultimate giver. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. He gave. You could stop there and just say, wow. But then it tells us specifically this gift that God gives us, right? God gave his one and only son or his only begotten son, depending on how you've memorized that. Jesus is this gift that the Father has given to us. And so Jesus is the ultimate gift, and Jesus is also the ultimate giver. We see Jesus living here among us because God has given us this gift, this incredible gift of Jesus. And in Jesus coming here, he is going to lay down his life for my sins and for your sins. He is going to get everything out of the way that stands between us and God. He is going to do everything that is necessary, pay every price there is to be paid so that I can get to God, so that you can get to God. This is the gift and the giver whose name is Jesus. He goes on and he gives us salvation. He gives us eternal life. Jesus gives us heaven. Jesus gives us hope. Um, The scripture tells us that Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. This is the giver who is Jesus. Last week we read and learned and remembered that Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit and he just keeps giving. And so Jesus, Matthew, excuse me, Luke chapter 6 verse 38, he teaches us and talks to us about generosity, about giving. He encourages us and teaches us to give. Well, some of you may be sitting there, and maybe, just maybe, you're like, man, of all days, I picked the day to come to church, right? They're going to talk to me about my money. Ugh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. What if I told you? What if I told you? Generosity goes way deeper and way further than the little bit of money that you have and the little bit of money that I have. What if I told you when Jesus in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, said give, and he actually wanted to speak to not your wallet, but he wanted to speak to your heart. And he didn't want to just talk about giving money, but he wanted to talk to you about giving of everything that he's blessed you with that is just absolutely beautiful and wonderful. Now listen, today, if money is what the Holy Spirit wants to stir your heart up about, about giving and generosity, so be it. But it's potential that he wants to stir your heart up with generosity towards some other things. What if Jesus is calling you to be generous with your money? What if Jesus is calling you to be generous with your stuff? What if Jesus is calling you to be generous? Listen to this. What if Jesus is calling you to be generous with grace? What if Jesus is calling you to be generous with forgiveness? Which, by the way, if you go back to verse number 37, which we're not going to read, but if you go back to verse 37, you're going to realize that's really what Jesus was talking about here in Luke chapter 6. He's talking about giving forgiveness. He's talking about sharing and being generous with this incredible gift of forgiveness. What if Jesus is calling you to be generous with kindness? What if Jesus is calling you to be generous with your time? Wow, that's valuable, isn't it? My time, your time. Do you value anything more than your time? I don't know about you. I've got like a high price tag on my time. 
And God is potentially calling me, calling you, asking me, asking you to be generous with our time for his kingdom to someone else. Maybe Jesus is calling you and asking you to be generous with your service and how you can serve others. Whatever it is that he's going to touch your heart about today, ultimately he wants generosity because it's who he is. And if we're going to look like him, we're going to develop some regular rhythms of generosity. So look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Look at the rest of the verse and look at this incredible principle that Jesus gives after he says give. He says, give and you will receive. Oh, wait a minute. I kind of like this verse a little bit better now, right? Um, Let's be honest. Like it just kind of improved just a moment for us here. Give and you will receive. Look what it goes on to say. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Pretty incredible principle that Jesus, who created everything, sustains everything, um, is teaching here. Sounds like, sounds like to me, giving can unlock some beautiful, beautiful things. Now, I want to make this very clear. Jesus is not, nor am I, preaching a prosperity gospel. But here's what Jesus is preaching. A generous gospel. Do you, do you hear that? I want, you to, I want you to think about that for just a moment. Not a prosperity gospel, but a generous gospel. A gospel that just gives, and a gospel that gives, and a gospel that gives. And the result of all that giving, ultimately, we see here in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, is more giving. It's just this beautiful, beautiful thing that Jesus is teaching. As he says to give, and then you'll receive, could it be, listen to me, could it be, Just maybe the very thing that you need the most is the very one thing that you are withholding. Could it be the very thing that you need most in your life right now is the very thing that you are withholding and keeping for yourself? What is it right now that you have need of? What is it that you need to give? Big idea this morning, you put it in your notes, just want you to grab this. When we are in rhythm with Jesus, we are in a rhythm of generosity. So if, if I'm following Jesus, if he, if he takes that step in the snow like Dad with the big footprint does, and then he takes that step in the snow like Dad with the big footprint does, and he takes that step, then here I go, right? I'm trying. I'm trying. His feet are bigger than mine. His legs are longer than mine. The snow is too deep for me sometimes, but, but I'm trying to be in step with him. And if I'm taking the steps that he's taking, I'm taking regular steps of generosity because that's who Jesus is. Again, he is the ultimate gift and he is the ultimate giver. And if I'm going to look like him, if you're going to look like him, we are going to find ourselves being generous people. We'll find ourselves giving like Jesus, giving the things that Jesus wants us to give, give, giving the things that don't make sense. I mean, think about everything Jesus gave. Most of it's like, why did you do that? What were you thinking? Jesus, that cost you way too much. No way did that person deserve this, and no way did that person deserve that. And yet we see Jesus giving things that don't make any sense. If we're giving like Jesus, we'll find ourselves giving things that others don't deserve. How many things have you received in your life that you didn't deserve? Let's just go and answer that with this answer. Most of it. Right? Most of it. You might could argue that 
I went to work and I put in my hours and they owed me the paycheck. Okay, great. I don't know if there's much else in your life that you've earned, right? Most of the things that we receive, we, we didn't deserve it. It's just grace and blessing being poured out upon us. If we're giving like Jesus, we'll find ourselves giving things that have been generously given to us and just being a conduit of that. If we find ourselves giving like Jesus, we'll be giving things that help others find and follow Jesus. Jesus gave, so we give. Jesus gave, and so we give. Again, he's not after our money. He's after our hearts. He knows what others need. He knows what we need. And therefore, he knows what we need to give. So if God tells you this morning, impresses on your heart this morning through my words, more importantly through his word or the spirit of God speaking to you as a follower of Jesus this morning, if he shows you, reveals to you what you need to give, he may be also at the same time revealing to you what you desperately need in your life. And most of that happens and comes forth in our life as we show forth generosity. So he wants us to open our hands and he wants us to open our hearts. So I want to give you four ways this morning, this is some simple ways, that you can open your hands and open your hearts when it comes to generosity, okay? Four simple ways that I think are huge um, when it comes to opening our hands and opening our hearts in generosity. First of all, um, give first. Give first. And I'll flesh these out and explain these because I think it's important. Give first. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, verse 10. Reading this from the NIV. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, what I want you to notice in this verse, amongst all the beautiful things that are there, I want you to notice this word first fruits. Okay, this is first fruits. It's the idea of giving first. Here's how most people go about generosity, if you want to call it that. Here's how most people go about giving in their life. Most people give from their leftovers. Jesus calls us to give from our best. Jesus calls us to give from our first fruits. He calls us to give first. It's this idea that if I have some left over, then I'll give. That works out about like, if I have some left over, I'll save some. How's that working out for you? Those of you that are getting ahead in your savings right now, you have decided before your paycheck even came into the bank, I'm going to set aside this much so that I can set it aside and save it. That is wise. That is good. That is godly. Listen, generosity happens the same way. It's when you decide, you know what, I am going to give this. Even before I've received it, I've decided when I get this or I get that or I receive this or I receive that. And again, we're not just talking about money this morning. I am going to return that gift immediately. I'm going to give first. It's like saying, let me see if I have any grace left over and then I'll give it. As soon as you receive grace, guess what you ought to do? Give grace. As soon as you receive forgiveness, what should you do? Give forgiveness. As soon as you get paid, what should you do? You should give. It just all flows from this idea of giving first. 
could spend a ton more time here, but I want to encourage you this morning to consider whatever it is that God's leading you to give, to give first. Okay? Next, give gladly. Give gladly. Everybody smile for me. All right? I don't know if you give online. I don't know if you give when the offering buckets pass or you stop by on a weekday and turn in some offering on a, on a, on a weekday. But when you give, we ought to give gladly. When you dole out some grace, great, awesome, guess how you ought to dole it out? Gladly. When you give some forgiveness, guess how you ought to give it? Y'all aren't wanting to say that one out loud, are you? You're kind of struggling with that just a little bit, aren't you? Listen, it's just like my kids, right? Apologize to your sister. Sorry. That's how we roll as adults, right? We hadn't figured it out yet. No, apologize right. Man, God needs to grow us there. God needs to mature us there to understand with this forgiveness thing. We should do it gladly. To do it gladly. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. It says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Look at what it says. For God loves a person who gives, what? Cheerfully or gladly. Listen, when you give with a cheerful spirit, guess what you make God do? You make him smile. You make him smile. You bring God all kinds of joy when you are glad in giving whatever it is that you are giving. If you are just giving and you're not doing it because you want to, listen, God's got a lot more work to do on my heart. God's got a lot more work to do on your heart. He says, I want you to give gladly. And again, we're not just restricting this to the whole money thing. It applies, but it applies to everything. Glad giving makes God smile. Glad giving, listen to me, glad giving makes other people give. How do you know that? We got done uh, with our meal last night. My 10-year-old pointed out to me how I had spoken about feeling and getting paid for and that whole moment that I explained earlier. And we find out that our meal's paid for. What did we do? Thank you, Lord. Guess what else we did? We left, we left uh, the lady that was taking care of us at the table, we left her a big, fat tip. Right? Do you see what just happened right there? We were blessed with generosity. Whoever it was did it gladly. They didn't have to. We, didn't even, we don't even know who did it. I don't know if they were believers or not. I have, I have no idea who they were, why they did it. Maybe they felt sorry for us. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. We were rethinking our conversation and how much they overheard it. It was just funny to think about. But that generosity, anyway, caused us to say, you know what? Let's leave this dear lady that's been taking care of us not a way bigger tip than we normally would have. That generosity and that gladness that we heard and that heart of generosity from those people caused us to be generous as well. Next, give regularly. Okay? It's kind of a hard word for me to spit out. Regularly. You plan for things that are important to you. You plan for things that are important to you. All right? Whether it's a game that's coming on and you want to see it, right, and you either clear your schedule and or you hit the record button 
and you block out every other voice in your life so that you can't find out the score before you hear it, you are planning because that game is important to you. Great, good, wonderful. I do the same thing. Um, I forget what game it was a few years back, and I actually, the way it worked out, it was going to be like three days after before I could see it. Like there was just no seeing it before then. And somehow, some way, with all the people in my life and all the media in my life, I totally blocked out who had won the game. And three days later, I was able to watch the game on recording and see it for myself for the very first time, not knowing the result. I had to plan. I didn't take phone calls from my dad. I don't know how your parents roll, but my dad doesn't say hello. My dad just says whatever he's going to say as soon as he gets on the phone. And my dad would say something like, well, they blew it, didn't they? That's exactly what he would say if they lost. And I would know. And so I just, like, didn't answer the phone for my dad. I'm like, here, Terry, can you check his voicemail and see what he said and make sure I can hear part of it? Planning. Okay, we, we plan for what is important to us. If your family's important to you, you plan for them, right? If your job's, whatever it is, you plan. So when it comes to giving, if it's important to you, if generosity is just part of who you are and it's a regular rhythm of looking like Jesus for you, you're going to make plans. Uh, Don't just give when you feel like it. There's a lot of times I do things that I need to do because they're important to me that I don't feel like doing. When it comes to generosity, man, don't wait till you feel like it. Just plan it and go about it and let it be a regular rhythm to you. Don't just give. Don't just be generous when you get around to it. Give regularly. That one rolls together. On a regular basis. You know what I'm saying. All right, next. Give sacrificially. Give sacrificially. And I don't know, um, for some of you in the room, this is maybe exactly what you need to hear this morning. Maybe you'd say, you know what, I'm a giver, Uh, it's regular for me, Uh, I'm pretty glad about it when I do it, and maybe for you this morning, God wants to say to you, yeah, but you need to stretch. That's become comfortable for you, and I want to get you uncomfortable again. And by the way, that's kind of one of the big themes of following Jesus, him making you uncomfortable. So if someone has told you, follow Jesus, and you'll be comfortable, and everything will go well with you the rest of your days, I don't know where they got that from. Jesus is going to stretch you in every way, all the time, and one of those areas that he's going to stretch me and going to stretch you is in your generosity of whatever it is, and maybe for you this morning, he's calling you to sacrificial giving. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9. We see the example of Jesus here for us, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. He says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? You know, you understand, you've experienced for yourself the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How much grace has Jesus given you? (laughs) How much grace has he poured out on you? How much has he given you that you do not deserve? I I don't know about you, but I haven't even been able to observe it all, much less say thank you for all of it. It just keeps coming. We could start with the cross and go from there. But you know, you understand, you've experienced the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. goes on to say, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he can make you rich. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Every time we hear the word rich or every time we hear the word blessing, a lot of times we want to hear cha-ching. 
a lot of times rich and blessing don't necessarily mean money in Scripture. Sometimes it does, but like we're talking about this spiritual richness that Jesus brings into our life because of his incredible generosity on the cross. Because of his grace being extended to us, giving us something that we don't deserve, forgiveness. Giving us something that we don't deserve, salvation. Giving us something that we don't deserve, a right relationship with God. Giving us something that we don't deserve, eternity in heaven. Continually seeing him giving us this generous grace in our lives. 2 Corinthians 8 just describes the sacrificial, generous Jesus. So, so what do you need to give sacrificially? Again, maybe this is what you need to hear and do this morning. Maybe you need to step up and give sacrificially. Jesus is our great example, and Jesus is our great sacrifice. A couple questions to wrap this time up with this morning. First one's this. What is Jesus showing you to give? What's he like revealing to you right now in your heart, in your life, that you need to give? What is he making plain to you that he has blessed you with, he has given you, he has bestowed upon you, maybe someone else has given it to you, and you need to open your hands and you need to open your heart and you need to share, you need to give, you need to distribute, you need to put forth to someone else. Maybe you're realizing, you know what, Jesus has heaped grace on me, and I got this guy, I got this girl, I got this person, I got this relationship, I got this family member, and they need the grace that's been given to me. Maybe God's revealing that to you this morning. Maybe he's blessed you financially, and he's showing you right now, you need to give some money. If that's what he's showing you, so be it. What, what is it? What is he showing you right now that you need to give? And this last question, which we've tried to answer just a little bit, and you need to think about a lot. What has Jesus given you? What has Jesus given you? We could answer it in one word, right? We could, we could say everything. We could say everything. But let's get specific. What has Jesus given you? Count your blessings, if you will. Think about all the things that he has poured out upon you physically, monetarily, relationally, um, all, all of these ways, spiritually, all the things that Jesus has given to you. Jesus said, give, 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 and it will be given unto you. Again, when we're in a rhythm with Jesus, we're in a rhythm of generosity. And this morning, Jesus is still in a giving mood. <laughs> it's just who he is. He wants to give you his grace this morning. Maybe if you're like, you know what, I really haven't been giving this or I really haven't been giving that. I've been kind of stingy over here and I've been kind of stingy over there. God's not mad at you. He wants to extend more grace to you even in this moment for all of that. But, but your heart needs to shift with that grace being given to you and begin to share the things that he wants to. Maybe for you, you're like, you know what, I don't even know Jesus. I'm hearing about Jesus. Listen, he's in a very generous mood this morning. The salvation that we speak of, he wants to give it to you this morning. Will you receive it? Will you receive it? Church, followers of Jesus, I pray, I pray, I pray that we will find ourselves in rhythm with Jesus. So when people see us, they see Jesus, and we can just point to who? To Jesus. Guess what? That's an incredibly generous thing to do. Be easy in that moment. Say, yeah, I'm a pretty good person, aren't I? Man, look at me. Woo! 
you like my steps? They're pretty smooth, aren't they? Man, I got this thing figured out. Nope, nope, nope. The generous thing to do in that moment is to say, you know what? You're only seeing what Jesus has done in my life. Let me point you to the one that's given me everything. Let me point you to the one that can change you just like he's changed me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your son whose name is Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being the ultimate gift and the ultimate giver. Thank you for giving to us everything, the life, the air that we breathe, God, these bodies that we have, everything comes and flows through you, Jesus. The forgiveness, the salvation, it all comes through you, Jesus. And so we praise you and we thank you and we want to look more like you. And so help us, your followers, your people, to get in rhythm with you, specifically in the area of generosity. This morning, as you've hopefully spoken to our hearts about a way in which we need to be generous, I pray that we will respond by just being generous. If it's grace, if it's forgiveness, if it's love, if it's kindness, if it's money, if it's time, if it's energy, whatever it is, I pray that we will be glad to be generous with it as you have been glad to be generous with us. I pray for anyone that needs to receive you to understand that you are willing to give them salvation today and they can receive it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.